happy Tuesday. Welcome into another edition of the PHNX Feedbacks Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This man next to me uh, is occasionally known as a Suns reporter lately, of course. Uh, he's also my vi- vice mayor and still your thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. I tweet, I, I have about two sad Suns tweets that come out from my account every week. I don't know if I would quite deem that worthy of the title Suns Reporter. Why don't you have happy Suns tweets ever? Because there are no happy. There is oh nothing God. happy in the world of that basketball team right now, Derek. I'm about in my life. I don't look know what me, to tell look you. Look at me drenched in my LVIA stuff as you sit here and badmouth this team. Uh, <laughs> of course, we welcome you guys in. Thank you for being here. A ski to you all. Uh, and, of course, we're still talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks 2023 season because we can't still can't get over it but um we are taking a look ahead because of <laughs> course there are uh, already rankings coming out uh into the future of course aaron is here aaron hughes knows what we're aaron talking hughes about knows exactly what we're talking about <laughs> aaron hughes says bad trick bailey can get out of here my dog framing what a joke it's our baby boy aaron hughes Me well, and aaron in the trenches together yeah i know you guys <laughs> like it always should be there's a, I, I shouldn't pull the curtain back, but there's a lot of love uh, for Aaron on this set by these two guys. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there, but uh, we do appreciate. Not from Derek. No, not at all. from me and Dan. Yeah, no, but uh, Aaron actually brought up a great question that we didn't address on Mailbag Monday, but he once again did cleverly call uh, Patrick Bailey bad trick Bailey, which I, I don't hate that at all. Um, but here's Aaron's question from Mailbag Monday, uh, if we do have that. Aaron asks, let's see how Gabby actually stacks up against Patrick Bailey. And, of course, this is in reference to a recent graphic that's been going around that uh, from MLB nerds that ranked catchers in baseball for next season. Uh, and it did not see our boy Gabby in a very favorable light as far as, I guess, a high ranking uh, no. we do. Uh, let's take a look at those rankings. Do we have, uh, let's start with the top ones. I suppose let's get to those, uh, at the top or wait, where are we? Nope. Here's where Gabby is. So this is the bottom half. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is ranked the 14th top catcher in baseball heading into 2024, which isn't bad, I guess. Not great. It's above, though. It's above average, right? It's above average, but just <laughs> slightly. I hate that. And we know this guy is way more valuable to us than being the 14th best catcher in baseball. Get out of here with that. There's a lot of names on this list uh, that I completely disagree with as far as being ranked above Gabby. But maybe it's just because people still don't know what Gabby can do. Maybe it's because people don't believe in in Gabby yet until he's been able to do it for more than just a portion of a season like he did for 2023. Sure. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for, um, you know, a a player having to kind of prove himself over the course of multiple years before you're going to put him in, you know, the top five or something of a list like this. And yeah, I mean, you look at Gabby Moreno's numbers. It's not like he was clearly the second or third best catcher in baseball. I think this is actually a period of time in the sport where there are a lot of a lot of really productive catchers, not only defensively, but offensively as well. All right. Well, let's take a look at the top half now because we have the top 10 uh and this is egregious it's egregious (laughs) i'm just gonna say it will smith as the best catcher in the national league in what world in what universe i mean i don't think that that's that crazy of a choice to be told will smith is pretty good patrick bailey as number seven overall in baseball come on what are we doing jesse for will smith what are we doing a little high for will smith yeah i I mean who who on this list are you putting ahead of will smith i guess is my question Gabriel Moreno. That is unreasonable. I know. Well, I, you don't have me on this show to be reasonable, Jesse. That's no, not, yeah, that's we've not was, that's long been established that's at this not point. My job. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean Sean Murphy and Real Muto. Sean Murphy, fair. I, yeah. I think you could you could make a case that Sean Murphy should be higher on the list than Will Smith. I don't think it's obvious necessarily, but I think you could make that case. JTO and Muto had a little bit of a down year in 2023. Uh, his OPS was around 750. Uh, he didn't draw so many walks. I think he had like a 750 OPS, something like that. Uh, Will Smith was the more valuable catcher in, in 2023, in my opinion. But I feel like what we're really getting at here, what really makes this list egregious, is the fact that Gabriel Moreno is number 14. That's what's egregious. And Patrick Bailey yeah. is number 7. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's been some some 
talk about those two guys and kind of debate about which one you would rather have. Uh, I feel like when people make these top 10, top 20 graphics and float them around social media, this is exactly what they want us to do. They want we fell into the trap. Yeah, we're we? absolutely yeah. falling into the trap. We're just ML, out here MLB, MLB, MLB nerds, nerds yeah. wins here yeah. uh, <laughs> by getting us to show their graphic on our show and we're talk fools. about it on this episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, I think defensively, th- this is an argue, a, a debate that we've had, right? Patrick Bailey versus Gabriel Moreno. Gabriel Moreno winds up winning the gold glove in the National League. Right. Giants fans were not happy about that. We talked uh, a month Sit or so ago uh, about the comparison between them. And I don't think it's outrageous to say that Patrick Bailey is uh, a better uh, defensive catcher than Gabriel Moreno. I, I don't personally agree with that necessarily, but it's pretty close. Uh, but once you factor in offensively what these guys gave you in 2023, that's where I just don't think you can reasonably put uh, Patrick Bailey higher on on the list, especially this much higher, like Patrick Bailey, number seven, Gabriel Moreno, number 14. It's completely unreasonable, Derek. It, it, it makes no sense. It's egregious. It's egregious. It's, yes, it's pretty egregious. What I will say I pulled up a leaderboard today on fan graphs of wins above replacement for catchers. Mm. Patrick Bailey is number seven on the list. And I have to believe that the MLB nerds people, they didn't just pull up the fan graphs leaderboard and copy and paste it. It's mm. not quite that exact, but there's a lot of overlap between their list and the fan graphs wins above replacement list. Uh, fan graphs, however, liked Patrick Bailey considerably more than baseball reference. Baseball reference war had Patrick Bailey as being uh, below one, below one win, win above replacement for 2023. So that's because baseball reference is a G. Now we don't deal <laughs> in fake forecasting and magic around here. We deal in facts and the facts are uh, their stats for 2023. Damon, can we take a look at the comparison? No, no. All right. Well, we'll have that here for you in a second between uh, Gabriel Moreno and Patrick Bailey, but uh, they did have some identical stats. They were close. Like you said, it's not like it's that far off as far as their production, but when you factor in what Gabriel Moreno did uh, offensively, that's just during the regular season, not to mention the fact that he really did show a different level in the playoffs, right? Like when you get to the offs, Right. And by the way, I have to appreciate Elizabeth's comment. She said, Derek looks like he's about to go skiing or skiing. That's a good one. (laughs) A ski to you all, by the way. Uh, There was there was just a different level of intensity for Moreno, the exact kind of thing you want to see. In fact, it's kind of the the antithesis to what happened to Christian Walker. Right. Christian Walker was uh, an offensive threat all year long. And when he got in the playoffs, uh, he, he he kind of struggled there, right? He went into a slump. Meanwhile, you had Gabriel Moreno, who almost, you know, just seemed to become elite in the playoffs when yeah. it came to, you know, him still being a rookie, essentially, right? And so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. I think that the potential for Moreno is, is still there. Like, I feel like we haven't even seen uh, all of what he can do. And I also think that, you know, there has to be something to be said for, how clutch he was for this team when it mattered. He really was. Yeah. I mean, clutch is a great word to describe Gabriel Moreno. Uh, I mean, he hit, I think it was four home runs in the postseason, and all of them just seemed huge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, or, or at least like kind of iconic in, in some sort that of was, way. That like, also what? like the it three was the bat flip. It was the bat. Yeah. Flip the bat flips every time were iconic. of course on point. There was the foul Homer followed by the fair Homer. There was the three-run home run against Clayton Kershaw in game one of the NLDS, which was just kind of a, a statement maker as the Diamondbacks put six runs on him uh, right off the bat. If you if you look at Gabriel Moreno from when he returned from his shoulder injury in mid-August to the end of the postseason, he was an excellent hitter. He slashed 286, 356, 478. That's from, I believe it's like August 12th, uh, through the end of the postseason, which is not a terribly small sample size. And with how deep the Diamondbacks went in the postseason, those were those were important games for the Diamondbacks. Nearly all of them down the stretch. Gabriel Moreno was starting basically every single day. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's a decent chunk of games. And and Moreno found a way to take this huge step forward offensively. We started to see not only the batted ball skills that he showed in the first half of the season, but we saw him we saw him come into some power as well. And uh, that was that was really the the big next step that Gabby Moreno took in, in the second half. 
Well, we do have that comparison graphic now, and this is to answer Aaron's question from Mailbag Monday. And I mean, really, just to prove the point that we're trying to make here between these two guys, uh, player A, player B, which one would you rather have on your team? Am I am I right here? Justin? Yeah, yeah. And I I did think it was funny earlier that Cog said that um, like B War is the best because it supports my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that with Patrick Bailey and Gabriel Moreno because Fangraphs loves Patrick Bailey and thinks that he's the better player, and Baseball Reference adores Gabriel Moreno and thinks that he is the far far better player. Gabby Moreno was over four B War in 2023 compared to as I said earlier under one. For Patrick Bailey in 2023. Um, but yeah, running through these numbers real quick. In 2023, the whole season, Gabriel Moreno slash 284, 339, 408. Patrick Bailey slash 233, 285, 359. That's not very close. Uh, <laughs> extra base hits, they were basically right around the same. 27 for Gabby, 26 for Patrick Bailey. I think Gabby had like 30 more played appearances or something. Um, defensive run saved were at 20 for Gabriel Moreno compared to 13 for Patrick Bailey. Uh, baseball reference uses defensive run saved. So this is a big reason why, uh, baseball reference loves Gabby so much more than Patrick Bailey. Um, these numbers are, are being factored in there. Uh, if you take the average when wins above replacement from fan graphs and baseball reference, Gabby was at three compared to 1.8 for Patrick Bailey. So, uh, just splitting those numbers down the middle, Gabby comes out on top pretty, pretty decisively. And I mean, obviously there's the idea here, I guess that they're both still young, right? But, uh, I, I don't really, I don't really consider that Patrick, I, I don't really think Patrick Bailey is going to blossom into a better offensive player than Gabriel Moreno. And and I think Moreno sure. is still going to just get better defensively. He has the athletic skills that are hard to have. Like it, it's hard to, it's like what we saw with Corbin Carroll, right? It's hard to have a better throwing arm, you know, sometimes. And Gabriel Moreno is just locked in when it comes, comes to gunning yeah. runners out. The other things are things that you can improve on that, Yes, they're skills, but they are skills that are coachable that that you could become better at. And I think that's the trajectory for Gabriel Moreno. I am not I don't even feel like it's a it's a gamble to say maybe not in 2024, but by 2025, I do believe that Gabriel Moreno will be the best catcher in the National League. And I wow. just I just say that because even though, like you said, there are a lot of good catchers in baseball and there's a lot of good catchers in the National League. There's something special about him that I think that is going to separate him from the pack, and he is just going to be a guy that people are going to talk about. I think it's going to it's going to take you know some more iconic moments like like you called them, but I, I think he's capable of it. And I think that if this team continues to be competitive and continues to make the postseason, he'll continue to have opportunities for those iconic moments. And from what we've seen in this small sample size that we've seen out of him, he doesn't shy away from the big moment, you know. Not to mention again that he's just uh he's he seems to be an incredible teammate. He seems to be the kind of guy that you he want. He has purple hair now. <laughs> Don't remind me. There there's a lot of people reminded me about that, Jesse. <laughs> they sent me the Instagram video quite oh, yeah. a, quite a few number of times there. But uh it's just it's exciting. The thing that this team hasn't really had, you know, we talked about this, we've covered this, is that, you know, that franchise catcher. Uh, really in its history just like this team's never really had this quality of bullpen before and it finally feels like <laughs> there's some things that are turning and i can only say i guess the quality of bullpen from august through the end of the postseason but sure. still uh, nonetheless it feels like uh things that we've never had are starting to finally yeah you know those those needs are starting to be fulfilled so i do want to touch real quick just on like okay why why are some people, why does fan graphs have Patrick Bailey so high? Where, where is it getting this stuff yeah. from? Answer the um, question, Dan Zimborski. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is all Dan Zimborski's fault. Yeah. It's his AI. Um, I know it. No. So fan graphs pulls its defensive metrics, I believe from baseball savant, uh, which is basically Statcast, And those defensive metrics do favor Patrick Bailey over Gabriel Moreno. I mentioned defensive run save before that has Gabriel Moreno being the better defender. Um, but according to some of the numbers at StatCast, 
Both catchers graded out extraordinarily well in terms of catching base stealers. Uh, Moreno was at the top of the league, but Patrick Bailey was not far behind. Um, Gabriel Moreno graded out as a much better blocker. Uh, he had 10 blocks above average. This uh, this kind of new stat that they have over at StatCast. Patrick Bailey had minus nine. So that's a big, a big net win there for Gabriel Moreno. But on the flip side, Patrick Bailey was like a god tier framer. In 2023, he had 16 framing runs on StatCast compared to minus two for Moreno. So Moreno was a little bit below average in that regard. And framing is tricky um, because it is on paper contributing a ton to Patrick Bailey's value. Uh, But it's a little it's a little bit harder, I think, as a baseball fan to just understand the impact that framing has. And also these metrics are a little bit imprecise. Like at the end of the day, these metrics are depending on calls that real umpires are making um, and like how many of those calls Patrick Bailey is getting compared to Moreno. The difference is not necessarily all that Bailey is a better framer. It also can just be that umpires are human beings and like they could have just happened to give Patrick Bailey more calls than Moreno in certain situations. Um, so there's there's clear evidence that, that Patrick Bailey is a better framer. That's why Fangraphs adores him so much. Um, and I think that's probably why Patrick Bailey wound up so high on this list. But yeah, framing, I think it's something that can be taught to some extent, something Gabriel Moreno could get better at over time. Um, and these stats are maybe a little bit less precise than, than some of the other ones. Uh, I think somebody up in the chat, uh, Gabriel said it. He said it's not uh, being good at framing won't matter in two years when we have the automatic strike. That zone. is also a great point. Yeah, there is a, a very real possibility that in a few years, Patrick Bailey's biggest asset defensively has no Value. impact whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Cog says Derek will have purple hair soon. I don't appreciate that one bit, Cogs. <laughs> Elise has my back, and I think everybody should listen to Elise where she said, I don't know if Derek's hair can handle the bleaching. It will take to get purple <laughs> again. I don't think my scalp can handle that either. Shout out to Chris. Chris C in the chat says, uh, thank you for your super chat. He says, I will also say that Gabby is one of the reasons why our bullpen was historically amazing as it was in October. We were able to switch the bullpen. I think I think Gabriel Moreno is a big part of of that. I'm not I I'm not sure if he's the you know a big part of the reason why the bullpen was necessarily better there at the end. I think personnel was a big part of it, obviously because of the changes. Paul Seawald probably had the biggest impact there. But Gabby again, um, he does he is one of those guys. I, I I think I've quoted this a few times or at least discussed Zach Gallen saying it. But like. <sighs> Zach Gallon had a sincerity to him when he said that, like, Gabby is in the trenches in the war with you when you're out there as a starting sure. pitcher. And that metaphor, you know, makes it feel like, again, you as a catcher who typically is kind of alone out there, right? Like, you're the guy. If you mess up, it's on you. You know, there's not a lot of places to blame it. When, you know, a pitcher is out there throwing, you know, throwing beach balls and, and the opponents are knocking them out of the park, right? But, like, to have that guy behind the plate that you feel that way about, to have a catcher that you feel is in the war with you, it, sure. it, it's a different level of, you know, I guess, confidence, and, and it's a different type of relationship when it comes to connecting, you know, with, with your teammate, with your starting pitcher out there on the mound. So we've heard nothing but great things about Gabriel Moreno, and I, you know, am very excited to watch him and the other young guys on this team grow into – you know, the the hyperbolic uh, nonsense that I throw out there about them. Like, they're all <laughs> going to be big, huge superstars. Watch. Just watch. But anyway, if there is one person I truly do believe about that, besides believe that about besides Corbin Carroll, it is Gabriel Moreno. I do feel like he definitely has a superstar quality when it comes to catchers that not only is the skill level there, but he just, again, like, he's electric at times, and that's not something you can necessarily – Always yeah, have, there, is, there is kind of this like flair for the dramatic element that really came out in, in the postseason. Um, we've talked about before how Gabby Moreno was the Diamondbacks number three hitter for the majority of their postseason games uh, on a team that won the NL pennant. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, shout out to shout DVX23, longtime listener, first time live chatter, ski, ski from the East Coast. See you all. Love Welcome. That. Welcome. Happy to have you here. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's other competition around the National League. And when I say he's going to be the best in the National League, it's still it's a pretty bullish statement to make. It's still pretty bold, right? (laughs) Because you do have Sean Murphy out there. You know, you have 
Will Smith, again, really good uh, war, 4.3 war. Sean Murphy, 4.1 war. William Contreras, there's always a Contreras that's good behind the plate yeah. somewhere, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of competition. Uh, JT Realmuto, Francisco Alvarez, a lot of these guys that are still out there as very good catchers. I think that um, maybe if he doesn't end up being the, the top catcher in the National League, he definitely still has that – that potential to be one of the elite catchers in, in all of baseball. Totally. Yeah, I think the big thing that stands out to me comparing Gabby with all these National League guys that you just mentioned, Murphy, Smith, Contreras, both of the Contreras's, I guess, yeah. uh, Real Muto and, and Francisco Alvarez, those guys hit homers, right? Uh, Sean Murphy, 21 homers this they past do. year. Will Smith, 19. William Contreras, 17. Real Muto, 20. Francisco Alvarez, 25. That's not the end-all, be-all. I don't think Gabriel Moreno needs to hit 25 homers to potentially be the best overall catcher in the National League. He's obviously bringing so much defensively. But I do think that that is kind of the next big step for him. And if he finds a way to tap into that power even more, that power that we saw in the second half, as I mentioned earlier, from mid-August through the end of the postseason, he slugged 478. If he can be that guy for the cor- over the course of a full season, then suddenly you're talking about Gabby Moreno offensively being pretty much right up there with everyone on this list. And uh, as much as I I wouldn't project Gabby Moreno to be the best catcher in the National League as of right now, if he's able to be that guy over the course of a long period of time, I don't think it's a totally outrageous goal for him to reach at some point. We got a lot of people in the chat here from other places right now. Not only did (laughs) did we have our friend joining us for the first time from the East Coast, uh, we have Aaron Hughes who says ski from Western Germany today. By the way, we out here late night in the cold. Aaron, put on a jacket. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried for you now. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get good sleep tonight, making sure you were warm enough. Uh, Cogs Derek, says ski Derek from Beaumont, Texas. I worry about all of you. Uh, I worry about all of you so much. Uh, Gabriel, I'm sure is somewhere too. I don't know where in the world Gabriel is, but Cogs says ski from Beaumont, Texas. Again, thank you, Cogs. I hope you're uh, enjoying your train ride. And I hope you enjoy the beignets when you get to New Orleans. Uh, We appreciate all of you guys being here right now on the PHNX Sports uh, YouTube channel, no matter where you are in the world. Uh, If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. And, of course, Gabby will tell you that you need to drop a like. Uh, And drop a like for Gabby. Drop a like for us. Drop a like for everybody. Uh, We appreciate that. Those are our attaboys. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, we appreciate you listeners as well. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate those. Uh, Of course, stop by Circle K right now, wherever you're at after you're, well, wait until you're done with the show, but stop by Circle K. Fill up your car. Get something to drink for yourself. Get some snacks. It's a great place to fill up. It is America's Thirst Stop. Uh, And, of course, if you have not joined the Inner Circle program, you can do so for free now by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. But if you do, if you do, you will save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. You also save three cents per gallon after that. It stacks with other deals uh, like their Easy Pay. So you can get up to 35 cents off on your first five Phillips. You can also get all sorts of free snacks sent to you in the app. And, of course, free is good, of course. So make sure to check out Circle K today uh, and check out that Inner Circle program. Download it on your iPhone. Uh, I'm assuming everybody has iPhones. I found out. I would hope so. I was trying to (laughs) I was trying to like do some sort of firmware update on a new piece of uh, arcade equipment that I got. uh, And I have to have a like a windows pc in order to do it wow. and that just that seems very do they very sell those anymore? i don't know i don't even know someone who i can't even borrow one from someone <laughs> everybody i know has a has apple uh anyway uh, i will also tell you if you want to save some money of course if you want to make some money if you want to uh, secure your financial future a great place to do so is at desert financial credit union for more than 84 years desert financial has been arizona's largest most trusted local credit union I trusted them with the purchase of my first home. Uh, And of course, they can get you started on your home ownership journey as well. You can look to Desert Financial for checking and savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and so much more. Join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and also has your financial interest uh, in mind. When you open a free checking account now online with Desert Financial, you'll get $200 back in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Um, what's going on here? 
Derek clearly doesn't play computer games. I don't have no PC. Yeah, no, you're right too. Apple uh, computers are terrible for playing computer games on. They're, they do sure. have some limitations for sure. They definitely yeah. do. But uh, Jesse did something fun over at gophnx.com. <laughs> I don't know if fun is the right word. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> everything he does over at gophnx is arduous. By the way, he has it's every every article he writes takes takes all of his all of him. Uh, it takes all this put, one in particular. He leaves it all on the field when it comes to writing these trying articles. Trying to project the Diamondbacks opening day roster nearly three months before opening day it's just is, a, is a bit of an ambitious task. It's pointless. Yes. Got Mike Hazen still out here in the weeds, you know, still hiding, ready to make moves, right. ready to pounce, ready to change the roster up and make you look like a fool i am uh, thankful that he wh- whatever the diamondbacks are going to do next i'm thankful it didn't happen like within two hours of me posting was great. story that was great uh, of him i was fully yeah. expecting that to be the case i so. do appreciate them waiting <laughs> to sign jd martinez until i could go on a week-long vacation yeah, that was very right. kind of the front <laughs> office i appreciate that but uh if no further moves were to be made uh jesse did his best to project what the roster was going to look like. I know we've talked about uh, way too early roster projections in the past. Here's another one, I guess. So uh, let's get into it because I think that so far, uh, fairly spot on, hard to hard to argue <laughs> with a lot of this. I know this one has been a big question for a lot of people. We got it on Monday as a mailbag question, and we'll probably still get it uh, going forward. But uh, people wanted to know who you thought, who we thought would get that final spot in the rotation Uh, And here is Jesse's projected rotation for the Diamondbacks. It goes Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, Brandon Fott, and Tommy Henry getting the fifth spot in the starting rotation. Yeah, this was by far the least stressful part of this article for me. Uh, starting rotation is Correct. pretty pretty clear at this point with the top four, Gallon, Kelly, Rodriguez, and Fott. We've talked a lot about that top four and how it has the potential to be one of the best uh, front fours in a, in a starting rotation in, in, in the sport and how, according to Zips, all four of those guys are projected for ERAs below four. We talked about that the other day. The only question here is who gets that number five spot. And we've talked about that a little on the show as well. Tommy Henry is sort of the default choice, I think, just given the season that he had in 2023. He had a 415 ERA uh, in, I believe it was uh, 17, 18 starts, something like that. And he was consistent for the Diamondbacks at a time when there was a lot of volatility in the rotation. There were there were guys getting hurt. There were guys struggling, certainly. Um, but he was he was a steadying presence. So I have him in there in that number five spot. Of course, we expect, you know, how these guys perform in spring will will matter. Uh, Ryan Nelson certainly in the mix for that spot. Slade Ciccone, Bryce Jarvis. Uh, Blake Walston as well. All of those guys are on the 40 man roster and figure to have some shot at that, at that number five spot. Not to mention the fact that there, again, there could be a potential deal that makes this completely changes this completely. We don't foresee that happening because as it stands, this is a fairly strong starting rotation still, especially for a young team that is giving these young guys an opportunity, right? It would almost be advantageous with the potential that they have out of Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, Slade Ciccone, you know, Blake Walston, to have that last rotation spot open to see if one of them can kind of emerge and 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 become the the actual starting pitcher for this team. Like competition is good. We've talked about that quite a bit. It's been good yeah. for the starting rotation in the past for this organization. And I think that when it comes to, you know, these young arms, the especially the ones that have had experience pitching out uh, at a major league level over the last year for the regular season, like Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson, there's there there's, it's kind of like a time to prove yourself at this point, improve your worth, especially as a starting pitcher. There still might be value, the value out of you out of the bullpen instead of kind of wavering as a potential starter. Uh, and I'm sure they would like to find out if they can utilize some of these guys in those roles. Yeah, I I think Ryan Nelson is a really interesting one. Uh, I mean, going into the 2023 season, it maybe it's it's a little bit harder to to remember this now given the season he had. But Ryan Nelson, there were a lot of people excited about Ryan Nelson heading into 2023. Yeah, he came up and had like a one five ERA and three starts. Dre Jameson too. In 2022, Dre yeah. Jameson was was certainly well thought of as well. Uh, Tommy Henry kind of struggled in in 2022. He got a little bit more opportunity than than those guys and didn't look quite as good. 
but yeah, with with Ryan Nelson, it it's just a matter of of you know finding some secondary pitches that are going to work for him. We've seen uh, you know the curveball, the the slider, uh, the cutter, uh, the the changeup. Uh, he's kind of mixed it up uh, over the course of the season, kind of what his preferred secondary pitch was. And he just wasn't really able to settle on anything that was that was going to work, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's always been that potential, like when he execute, when he's able to execute, and when he has good feel for really any one of those secondary pitches, it's like, oh yeah, this can yeah. this can work. Yeah. Like we can we can kind of see it, including um, coming out of the bullpen during the postseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that in that one World Series appearance that he made, Mike Hazen said the other day that he was pretty excited about what Ryan Nelson looked like in in that World Series outing and. Uh, he also mentioned that Ryan is already out and at, at Salt River Fields doing work and, you know, trying to put himself in, in as good a position as possible for the 2024 season. So the fastball is is good. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, it's just a matter of finding some secondary pitches that are going to work for him. It was so odd the way that so the the young guys came up and, and found success so quickly for this team in 2022, right? I mean, yeah. we we felt like it was unrealistic, but we also still had a lot of hope that what we were seeing was actually what we were going to get. And that that wasn't the case, obviously, but it was just interesting how things kind of worked themselves out in 2023, right? We saw a much more improved Tommy Henry versus the regression that we saw out of both Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson. And that is one of those things that makes me think we might see Ryan Nelson come back and have a stronger like third year here after you know what what we saw out of him and what we saw out of Tommy Henry last year I think those guys are still very good and I can understand I, I especially with the other needs especially with a designated hitter need right-handed bat things like that that you would be prioritizing all this other stuff over trying to find another starting pitcher but it it gets asked quite a bit like if a lot of people feel like for the diamondbacks in order for them to be sure truly a contender they need to find one more starting pitcher i, I don't think that's the case i really do think that their opportunity yeah. is or, or their their option is is in-house it would be great but i don't yeah, know if it wouldn't you're be a bad get, thing <laughs> yeah i don't know if you're gonna get that much more potentially out of another guy than you might get out of one of these four you know four four young studs that that still have a lot to you know Lot to learn at a major league level and a lot of experience to gain. Uh, I saw back there we had another new fan watching or another person watching for the first time from Wichita, Kansas. Is that right? Can you scroll back there, David? Do we have anyone? Is there anyone in the chat who That's, is currently in the state of Arizona? Is actually here and has watched the show before. <laughs> Mr. Stubbs, 3590, welcome. He said, love the show. First time able to listen live. D-backs number one fan from Wichita, Kansas. Oh, Wichita, Kansas. Number, he claims to be the number one fan from Wichita, Kansas. I mean, I I believe it. I think. I, I mean, just I want to I want to put many, it out there. Maybe put it on Twitter. See if there's any other I Wichita fans. Right? Do people live in? How many them? people live in I Wichita? Just, Kansas? Can we make them like have a like a quiz off or just maybe physically fight each other? I don't know. I, I want to find some way <laughs> to no, rank the fans boy, in Wichita. Is easily number one. Yeah. All right. Well, don't come at the king. Welcome, Mr. Stubbs. We appreciate you being. <laughs> In here uh let's take a look at some of the other uh projections jesse has including let's go let's go to the bullpen do we have the bullpen here we go these are my guys oh my god look at that look at gink just fire i'm fired up jesse just <laughs> it doesn't even need to be in video form just the the photo is enough to fire me up but uh these are the guys these guys uh did good work last year uh the only name here that really um we didn't get a chance to see out of I guess late in the season in the playoffs, there's Scott McGuff. Yeah, yeah, Scott McGuff got hurt toward the end of the year. Uh, wasn't available toward the end of the regular season or or in the playoffs. There was a there was a point during the season where Scott McGuff was pitching very well and was closing games for the Diamondbacks and seemed to be an excellent pickup. He obviously faded down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, I'll go ahead and just uh, list off these names real quick: Seawald, Ginkle, Thompson. I think that's that's easy money right there. Yep. Uh, in that order. In, in that order, ninth, yes, eighth, I guess. Seventh. Ninth, eighth, eighth, seventh. There you go. Uh, Miguel Castro and Scott McGuff, they both have guaranteed major league contracts going into 2024. I know they didn't have great seasons when all was said and done, but I have to believe that that gives them a little bit of a leg up over the competition that at the very least, the Diamondbacks are going to give those guys another shot uh, before before moving on and, and going elsewhere. Uh, Luis Frias uh, pitched fairly well for the D-backs down the stretch, had a 406 ERA 
over the course of the season. He is out of minor league options. So the days of stashing Frias in AAA and kind of having him be this up and down guy, those days are over. The Diamondbacks either have to put him on the roster and, and keep him there uh, or more most likely lose him to another organization. Uh, Joe Mantiply and Andrew Saulfrank, I have rounding out the list here. Uh, those top six guys that I named were all righties. The D-backs are going to need a couple lefties. Uh, so Joe Mantiply and, and Andrew Saulfrank were my picks there. Kyle Nelson being the the primary, the, the one that it, it really kind of hurt to, to leave off. It was hard to pick two out of the three of Mantiply, Saul Frank, and Nelson. And all three of those guys, you know, pitched for the Diamondbacks in the postseason. There was extra room because Scott McGuff was injured. Um, but yeah, Mantiply and Saul Frank were, were my choices there. Nelson was really good in the first half of the season, uh, but from July forward, his ERA was over six. He, he really struggled with with the long ball in the second half. I love to see the reverence for St. Seawald there, uh, our patron saint of saves. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate him, our Lord Savior, Paul Seawald. Uh, of course, a lot of this doesn't fall into place without him, right? And that's yeah. one of the big reasons why that acquisition is is huge. Uh, the, the, the addition of Seawald kind of, it feels a little bit, going back to Gabby, like when they acquired Gabby. Like, you didn't really know at first a lot about Moreno or considering how young he was, how soon he was going to contribute. And he kind of got thrust into that position. And then he became like a godsend. Like there was just this instant feeling like that the Diamondbacks found somebody that was going to change their organization. Paul Seawald had about as rocky of a start as you could getting traded over from, you know, Seattle and and starting here and sitting into that. Touched on that the other day. We really did. (laughs) And yet, there was something that after, you know, after a week, that's when we started calling him the dad is just that 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 quiet, quiet comfort he brought to this team and this organization by being there. So he is the anchor and he is very important there at the end. And I think there's not many changes from last season, especially towards the end with the addition of a few few names there. Like, I guess, Frias was part of the mix there at the end of the yep. season. So Scott McGuff really being the guy that's back and healthy. But yeah, I mean, that. Like, uh, I think Dean said it, that's, that's the first time I look at the bullpen. It doesn't give me hives, right? Like it's, <laughs> it, it makes me feel confident. Diamondbacks fans have been through a lot with, with bullpens. We really have. It's not easy, man. And I mean, again, it's such a big part of why not only has it been like, why this franchise has struggled, but why it's been painful to watch it because it is of the, the hard, it is the. There's no worse way to lose games than with your bullpen yeah. blowing it at the Just end. Just having some yes. solid starting pitcher go out there and give you five, six, seven solid innings and then just watching the bullpen choke away a game. You know, it's just, yeah. it's kind of been a big part of our past and hopefully that changes in 2024. Let's take a look now at the projected catchers and infielders for 2020. Can I, I, I do want to, I do want to touch just real quick on oh. um, some of the other guys that, that I, that were left off this list. I mentioned Kyle oh, yeah. Nelson, uh, Corbin Martin is another interesting oh, yeah. name that I didn't have in here. I think has a chance uh, to make the team. Martin was very much tracking to make the team last year as a reliever. He had really good stuff in spring training. He pitched around five innings. It was a pretty small sample, but he was pumping like upper nineties and, uh, you know, a pretty good breaking pitch as well. So Corbin Martin should be healthy for the 2024 season. As far as I'm aware, uh, he had shoulder surgery, wound up missing missing all of all of 2023 after spring training, but should be back. He's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, big part of the return for uh, Zach Granke back in back in 2019. He's still around. Justin Martinez is another name that warrants mentioning. We got a little glimpse of Justin Martinez uh, during the 2023 season, and uh, yeah, there were some high moments with Justin Martinez for sure. Uh, he closed the game in San Diego. I was going to say, including when we went to talk to him the first time and I was holding out my little Bluetooth mic and he just decided to take it from me and yeah. hold it up himself. <laughs> what a good dude. Like, who does that? Not he everybody takes it, does he takes that. It, uh, that's indicative of a back-end reliever yeah, right, right there. He's, he's helping, helping, helping me out. Helping me out more than he needed to. The uh, stuff there is obviously amazing. Justin Martinez is throwing over 100 miles an hour with yeah. regularity. Like Luis um, Frias, right? It's just about control, and it's about can you get major league hitters to swing and miss at your stuff. It's not about – yeah. Because, I mean, man, I'll tell you, you can throw 104 miles an hour – 
But if you're still throwing it right down the middle of the plate. Or if you're throwing it like eight inches outside. outside yeah, like those are, <laughs> it's not great, right? Like yeah. Command is everything. What's interesting to me looking at the bullpen is how does a young guy break into this bullpen? Now, where are the weak links? Would it be like an Andrew Salfrank potentially? Is it maybe trying to get a spot from Miguel Castro, from Luis Frias? Like where, if yeah. you're competing for a job, how do you break into this bullpen? It'd be hard to take the job of a of a Mantiply or a Saul Frank or a Nelson if you if you wound up in there just because uh, of the lefty because they're lefties you yeah. probably want two lefties at least in here um, but yeah I mean I mentioned Luis Frias and the fact that he's out of out of options um, if the Diamondbacks see him in spring training and don't necessarily love what they see there is a chance where they just let him go on to another organization um, and then if if they believe that Justin Martinez is going to give them a better chance to win games then. I, I could definitely see them see them going that direction. Um, and there are some other guys too. Colin Snyder uh, just picked up off waivers from the Kansas City Royals a few weeks ago. Uh, Peter Struzlecki, who was acquired in the Andrew Chafin trade at the yeah. 2023 deadline. Um, and then there's also a lack of a long man of the group of eight that I came up with. Um, so I do think it is possible that a Slade Ciccone or Bryce Jarvis uh, or Ryan Nelson, one of those guys who misses out in the starting rotation competition, um, that you know one of those guys could make it as a long reliever, kind of like Dre Jamison did last year. Just think about how different, though, this entire team was by the end of the season than it was at the beginning, including starting pitchers and the bullpen, right? So like you said the other day, there is no way any major league team is getting through a season with just five starting pitchers. Same thing with the yeah. bullpen. You're not starting and ending the season with the same guys in your bullpen just due to injury, just due to the fact that some guys might not might might not be uh, uh might not perform the same way that they did last year there's a couple of guys on this list like ryan thompson that it just didn't even make sense how good he was for this <laughs> team right like it didn't yeah. it really didn't being a dfa candidate from the tampa bay rays that got released and picked up by the diamondbacks like that is not necessarily the guy that you come in and expect to now be your third best pitcher in your in your pen but that's right. where they're at and who knows if he's able to keep that up next year so it'll be interesting to see how the how the bullpen that starts out the year kind of strong can adapt and maybe get stronger as the year goes on, yeah. especially with these young guys still fighting for a spot. Uh, we will take a look now at the Diamondbacks projected catchers and infielders for next year. Uh, we got here, of course, at the top, uh, my baby boy, Gabriel Moreno, Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, Jerry P., uh, Eduardo, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Eugenio Suarez, uh, Jace Peterson, big fan, uh, Kevin Newman, and Tucker Barnhart. So, Jesse, thoughts here on the projected catchers and infielders that you that you put together? Yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of tough choices here. Yeah, I hate. Um, it. I, hate it. I don't like. It starts with the backup catcher role. Uh, you know, the D-backs just brought in Tucker Barnhart on a minor league deal. With an invite to spring training, we expect him to compete Feels with Jose like Herrera. Candidate. Yeah, um, yeah, one of those two. I mean, looking at their 2023 numbers, Barnhart and Herrera, uh, neither of them were great offensively. Neither of them were great defensively. Barnhart is a guy who who graded out very well from a framing standpoint, um, which we were talking about earlier, of course, with Patrick Bailey. So that's kind of his biggest asset defensively at this point, as well as what we've talked about in the past with just the rapport that he's built with pitchers and kind of developing a reputation for, for being really good at that. Um, so yeah, really tough to choose between Barnhart and, and Herrera at this point. I went with Barnhart partially because Herrera still has a minor league option remaining. So you could keep Herrera in the organization um, as, as minor league depth and have Barnhart in the majors. Whereas if you were not to give this roster spot to Barnhart, he has an opt out at the end of spring training and like likely would would head elsewhere. Um, yeah, not not great options there in the backup role, but still a very, very strong infield. When you look at uh, Gino, Jerry P, Cattell, Christian Walker, Gabby Moreno like that. The starters are all that is a strong, it's, strong it's starting line. Pretty good across the board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the backup guys on the infield side also very difficult to pick from. Um but I, here's I, the thing. Here's the thing. I will say this. Jace Peterson last year was in the rotation 
to play third. And yes, it wasn't like he wasn't an everyday starter, but he was kind of an option to be an everyday starter at times for this team, or yeah. at least platoon there. This is a much better situation starting the year with Suarez over there right. and having those three guys as backups. And again, there's still the opportunity there for Jordan Lawler, for some of the younger guys to win that opportunity. It's a matter at, at sometimes, though, about, like, again, with Lawler, him getting at bats. You want him to get regular at bats. You don't want him to be in a backup role that some of those guys are going to be in for yeah. this team yeah. and not be getting regular at bats. Yeah, and that's uh, – I know people are probably thinking of all the names that are not on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we did we list off everyone? I guess we did. Right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay, we, we didn't did. get to the outfielders or DHM. Okay, we yeah, the, we'll, we'll do yeah. that in a second. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Lawler is not here. Paven Smith is not here. Emmanuel Rivera is not here. Blaze Alexander, uh, guys on the 40-man roster, figures to have a shot, is also not here. Um, I think all of those guys have totally real chances to make the roster, uh, which is why this was so difficult. Jace Peterson is someone that the Diamondbacks just traded for at the trade deadline. Uh, he has a good reputation as a as a you know a solid clubhouse guy. The Diamondbacks owe him three million dollars in 2024 no matter what. So it was hard for me to leave him off uh, kind of for those reasons I included him. And then you just need a backup shortstop is really what you're left with at that point. Um, And the choice there, I guess, is Kevin Newman, Jordan Lawler, Blaze Alexander. I wound up going with Kevin Newman just because he's kind of the most proven sure thing out of those guys. What do you bring him in for to not be that role, right? Like you don't, again, you don't want Blaze Alexander being on this roster and being up at a major league level and not getting at bats. And again, if that's going to be the case, it's it's different if he impresses you enough to think that you're going to maybe split time with him and Perdomo or something of the sort, but it's probably not going to happen. Right. I mean, or split Lawler. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Lawler probably has a chance to come into spring and like have a monster spring and who knows, maybe even be like the regular everyday shortstop. And then Geraldo Perdomo kind of bounces around in, in a utility role. I don't think that's impossible, but just given what we saw at the end of last year and the initial struggles <laughs> upon reaching the majors, <laughs> Did you hear the I, I, I feel, I felt like I had to, uh, had to go with Newman, just him being kind of a veteran player and someone who's who's proven against left. The look pitching. of rage on Damon's face when Jesse <laughs> said something even slightly. Uh, was it the Perdomo thing? It's the Perdomo comment for sure. <laughs> it's the Perdomo oh, wow. slander. I, I made that very clear. <laughs> yeah. The moment that I like, suggest like, man, Perdomo is like a utility, anything other than the Diamondbacks, like primary shortstop Damon Damon breaks out in hives yeah. but um <laughs> yeah and Blaze Alexander's another guy where he has the ability to play shortstop and with a strong spring I think he could totally earn that role as well so that one is very much going to depend on how things how things look in spring Emmanuel Rivera is in a, in a tough spot because he's out of minor league options um and I don't know if I see him fitting on a roster that already has a right-handed everyday third baseman in Gino Suarez as well as with the other decision I made, Kevin Newman, uh, you know, if you have a right-handed hitting backup shortstop who can also play third base, I don't know if I really see a spot for Emmanuel Rivera in that world. So not to say it's impossible, but um, the fact that the D-backs have it, a Eugenio Suarez makes Emmanuel Rivera it's just harder to find regular opportunity for him in the majors. Uh, and of course, we will get to the projected outfielders in DH here in a moment. But if you want to project a little bit of your own knowledge about Major League Baseball, you can do so with some futures bets over at BetMGM. Uh, you can also download the BetMGM Sportsbook app right now or visit BetMGM.com, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. Use our promo code of PHNX. You place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at a standard odds price. You will receive $158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Damon, do, do we understand the significance of the $158 amount? No, no, not. <laughs> it's a very specific dollar amount, but that's what you will get back just absolutely for free as a bonus bet by placing your first wager in the amount of $5. So get down on it right now. Get yourself has something to do with the Super Bowl, I believe. Okay. It ha- like that's a, okay. That starts to make sense. Um, we, we aren't, we aren't a football podcast, so we might not be up to date on what that number means to, to us in the baseball world, but what it means to you free bonus bets. And there's nothing better than betting with bonus bets. Don't let anybody, by the way, tell you that your bets are a bad bet. If your bet wins, I just had that happen with my parlay 
one of my son of a bitch friends decided to tell me that me betting the under on the Steelers Baltimore game was a bad bet when I won. How in what world? I won money and you can too. Don't listen to your friends. They're just jealous that you won. Sign you know up for bet MGM now. I'm really smart, Derek. I just figured out why it's $158. Let's hear it. This is Super Bowl 58. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this, aren't I? Uh, I, don't, I don't like how smug he was about that, but get that $158. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the Sportsbook mobile application of at least $5. That's all it is, $5. You will receive $158, as Jesse said, in honor of Super Bowl 58. I mean, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's a coincidence, but probably not. Uh, you will receive that $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wa- uh, wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to our baby boy Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ontario. Ontario. Well, you can also check out our friends at Gila River Resorts and Casinos, where Damon is not taking me on the boys' trip. Um, but I will go on my own trip all by myself, and I will have a great time. A great time, let me tell you. Uh, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, uh, no one does it better. And, of course, they make a great place to not only go out for a night on the town, enjoy the gaming that they have there. Their gaming floor uh, has a, over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack table, and live table games. You can also go to Arizona's largest sports book there, get down on wagering on some sports, have some fun doing that, as well as sit poolside, be like a, you know, big time, big timer. Go out there, get yourself some drinks, enjoy. I guess the weather here is too cold right now to sit poolside, but... It won't be for long. February's right around the corner. You know how things work in Arizona. Uh, but you can check out Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Maybe stay inside. I'm sure they have a cozy fireplace somewhere in that in, in the casino for you to warm up. But they do offer an unprecedented, unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement you won't find anywhere else in the desert. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. Um, Cogs says, I'm not allowed at Gila River. They kicked me out. I'm sure there's a story there, and it probably has nothing to do with him being a high school student. Um, Well, well, I don't know. We'll have to hear the rest of that. Uh, We appreciate you being here. If you are a diehard member, by the way, if you haven't gotten yourself a diehard membership, get yourself the gift of joining our family. Go to gophnx.com. Join us. You'll get Jesse's newsletter. You'll get the access to all of our content, including access to our Discord lounge. Get access to our members-only discounts with our partners, as well as that free shirt from the phnxlocker.com of your choosing. I'm rocking this bad boy right now, by the way, which is the – this is the, like, jersey shirt. I can't get it in this one. There it is. is. All right. It looks great. It looks great when you're wearing jackets and stuff that you want to leave open like this. I'm just going to crack that open. You're wearing way too many colors today. Like there's teal so in this, have, and the suns have teal, have and then purple, there's purple, orange, and teal, purple, sand, and Sedona red. red. By the way, those are still Diamondbacks black, colors. This white. all goes together. You know what? Just because you are sitting over here, Mister Drab, in your grays <laughs> and your blues, you're not gonna. <laughs> You're not going to get on me. I'm wearing my wonderful shirt from phnxlocker.com. You get yours for free. I'm becoming you a diehard member. Jesse. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I don't know. No, I don't dress like this to not be complimented <laughs> on it, Damon. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't say anything about you. I just said I thought oh, Jesse looked very professional. Espo, Espo. You said he looked drub and dull. Espo, would you come compliment me, please? Because Damon's <laughs> not doing a good job of it as our producer. I love the shirt. Thank you. I love the jacket. Thank you. I love the beanie. Is it too much? I don't love it. Oh my yeah, God! There get we out go. Of here. Thank Take you, the microphone Espo. back. Get out of here. <laughs> you guys are monsters. You look great in the 
Oh man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you look like a road accident or something I with all of it put together. Like there. <laughs> there's just not as much love for the Suns anymore. Um, Joey says I look like I'm going to raid the Capitol. Damn it, Joey. <laughs> You're probably right. All right. Well, uh, we do have one more thing to cover when it came to your projections for the roster. Yes. Uh, we have the projected outfielders and DH, which why did we even do this? Oh, I see. There it is. Projected free agent DH. Jesse, you genius. I know. You snuck yes. that one in on me. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, it would have been completely outrageous for me to like in my opening day roster projections, just like put jorge soler or something in there uh so we just have we have a placeholder we, just have, a, we have an I'll open it. slot it's because you don't want to say jd martinez yet but it is for jd martinez uh it it is for whomever JD martinez. uh we we tbd we'll see what happens uh but as JDM. far as the actual outfielders uh, that are already already in the organization corbin carroll Lourdes Curiel, those are no-brainers uh alec thomas uh, I have him making the team not quite as no-brainer-esque as Carroll and Guriel, but still seems highly likely, especially given his performance in the postseason. Uh, and then the D-backs are going to need a fourth outfielder. They have a variety to choose from. Jake McCarthy, Dominic Fletcher, uh, Jorge Barosa, also on the 40-man roster, could factor in as well. Uh, I went with Jake McCarthy there. He's the most established of that trio. I still very much think it's possible that Dominic Fletcher or even Jorge Barosa could find their way on the opening day roster. Barosa has the distinction of being a switch hitter rather than being a left-handed hitter. The D-backs wanted a, a platoon guy for Alec Thomas in center or something like that. I do think Barosa could make some sense, but my sort of default, uh, you know, my my best guess as of right now would would be Jake McCarthy in that fourth spot. My favorite part about your projected roster for next year is how similar it is to this year's roster. I mean, that's kind of the way that's kind of the way you have to do it. I, right. I mean, if I came out and made like like sweeping changes everywhere, saying. that that would seem a little a little bit out there. <laughs> There's something in professional sports that these teams do. The Diamondbacks are guilty of it. Other teams are guilty of it. And it's not to say the Diamondbacks aren't still going to add to the roster, not only before the season starts and make changes, but as the season progresses, like we said, last year's roster was vastly different from the beginning of the season than it was at the end of the season. But like there is no need right now to do anything drastic when it comes to this roster and this team. I felt like they, yeah. they showed you last year what they were capable of. They showed you that if you maybe didn't have to do a bullpen start every, every five games that maybe you could be even better than what you were. And I like the fact that even with the success they had, they didn't drastically change the, this team. They're just adding pieces to it which is what you do after you've established your core you know who your core is you know who you want to keep here you know who you want to extend and obviously they're not going to be able to extend everybody and keep everybody here but what they can do is they can absolutely do their best to kind of grow this young team that was that achieved this great you know this great postseason run uh without uh, ahead of schedule and, and without needing to do anything drastic and you can just Try to build on it going forward. I, I, I we're we're seeing something again with the Suns right now that is is pretty sad, right? And <laughs> and a big part of it is because right when they got close with the pieces they had, they decided to really try to up their game. And like again, they they had established who their young core was and who they were going to build around. They added some pieces. They got close to the championship. They didn't get it done, and then. They just kind of went in more on like, okay, well, let's double down. Let's let's risk some of these guys that we consider yeah. to be the core and let's try to bring in some real true superstars with, you know, veteran experience that can get us over the edge. I'm so conflicted on even talking about this because I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. <laughs> He's my favorite player in the NBA. He plays on my favorite team. And yet I also feel like maybe it wasn't a great idea. Yeah, I think, I think in but the it's NBA... because of that. In comparison to the Diamondbacks, I feel like that's where they went left, where the Diamondbacks are kind of, you know, hopefully they don't, they don't feel the need to do something that drastic in order to bring sure. the championship to the Valley. Yeah, I, I think there are some key differences. Like in the NBA, it, it, I think the more top-heavy your roster is, the better in some ways, that's right? Very true. Like you win because that's who's going to play out there the majority of the time. And yeah, again, four guys can really toe the load in the NBA way more than you could say that about 
the nine guys on the field needed for a baseball team plus the five starting pitchers plus the bullpen like right. you, you need to have a lot of good players at different positions in baseball in order for your team to find success right totally uh so i think that's like a, a big thing and this it seems like the suns felt pressure to like all right i you know it, it might be that we're capable of winning 60 games every year but when push comes to shove and we're playing the best teams in the biggest moments we fall a little bit short and so you can understand why they felt the need to make some of those decisions that they made even though yes i'm with you in retrospect i have questions um <laughs> but yeah for the diamondbacks it's it's different um baseball is a different sport it's a more team oriented sport it doesn't matter as much I, I do think that having a top heavier roster maybe plays better in the postseason there's some sense of like you know how does your star power kind of compare with the other team's star power once you get into the nlcs and the world series and those those biggest moments we certainly saw the rangers stars kind of outperform the diamondback stars when push came to shove uh, but there, there's also a reality of, of ownership differences between sure. the, the diamondbacks and the suns uh, the moment that matt ishbia came came aboard for the suns money was no object and they are paying a hefty amount of money for the team that they have now yeah. the diamondbacks are not in position to trade some of their young players to get you know players who are making 30 40 50 million dollars a year uh so a very different situation in that sense as well and, and that's ultimately why i don't think the diamondbacks will ever really go down a similar path as the suns it's just not financially sustainable for them well i will say that one of the things that infuriated us as the roster changes happened last year and especially infuriated Damon Dog was the fact that as the season progressed, there were still only what two Serpientis jerseys with a player <laughs> name on the back that you could find regularly in the team shop. And sure. one of them just kept selling out. Obviously, that was Corbin Carroll, right? But there was this Madison Bumgarner jersey that seemed to hang around. And this is no knock at Madison Bumgarner, but you often ask the question. Yes, it is. Who who's buying that? Why is it still on a shelf? Why, more importantly, has it not been clearanced off for just a fraction of the price so that we can move these units and, and get this out of here? Well, I think we found the one person that bought a Madison Bumgardner jersey. Damon, do you have the tape? That's noted internet comedian Drewski talking trash to uh, uh, James Harden, James Harden <laughs> uh, before yesterday's game here in Phoenix while he was wearing a Madison Bumgarner Serpientis jersey that, again, where do you even find that now? It was a topic of conversation from like me and Sean in particular for like the entire year. Like it just made us sick to our stomach. Yeah. You, you want to – these were the two options actually. It wasn't Corbin Carroll. You had to customize that. Did it you? was Mad Bum and Randy Johnson. No. I swear to no, God. A Randy Johnson that, Serpientis jersey that no, he definitely that never would have worn. I feel like I that makes God, even those less were the sense. Two that they sold in the team shop. Yeah. It made me sick yeah. to my stomach. You're talking like after Mad Bum was DFA'd. Uh, I think they might have taken those out of the team they shop. But they, did, okay. they did still sell them as one of the two player non-customizable jerseys on okay. like fanatic that's infuriating that's infuriating it's disgusting. i don't understand obviously we know that there was the jersey change so we have a feeling that that impacted why we weren't able to get more jerseys in the team shop last year like that they were holding off on it but the serpientis jersey isn't going anywhere why couldn't we have more serpientis i mean you have such a fun young team and like capital gabby moreno that. alec thomas on the that's serpientis jersey that goes so hard the, and now we have drewski jerseys. we have drewski here before the Suns game, right? That was the Suns game, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, the court is is Lakers. Oh, it is okay. a Lakers court. Okay, so that James was Harden warming the up. Point okay, is, is well, it, no, it's a Lakers Clippers game. Well, no, I guess. because they just played the Clippers, and the Clippers actually just walloped the Suns. Am I not mistaken? No, is they did. Now? They absolutely did. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't think. Okay. Because I was like, this uh, is two nights ago. The Clippers, okay. the Clippers, when they played the Suns last night, were coming off a back-to-back. It's too back. close to. It's too and, close. Uh, it's too close to the Clippers playing the Suns to have a man out there in a Madison Bumgarner jersey, sure, interacting with a team that's going to play the Suns. Like I feel like <laughs> that curse is just it's it's carries over. It's not. I I thought it was funny that Bleacher Report their their caption of this said nothing about the jersey that Drewski was wearing. It was just Drewski was messing with James Harden before last no night's Clippers to, game yeah. with like the crying laughing emoji. And uh, everyone in the comments is like, 
who cares about Drewski messing with James Harden? Drewski is wearing, wearing a, a Madison Bumgarner jersey. Can we talk about what, that? What is happening what, here? That is, uh, that is the real story here. You missed the headline here, Bleacher Report. I know very little going. about Drewski, which I'm sure shocks many of you. Um, <laughs> but does I mean he doesn't have like any Arizona ties that I'm aware of at I least. Like why is he wearing a so. Diamondback because, jersey of all teams? You want to know why? And I guarantee you this is the reason why. He thought it was a really cool jersey. And sure. that's one of the two options for players that they had available. And that's my point this entire damn time. Well, isn't Randy Imagine Johnson probably wearing, the, the choice there? I mean, but he didn't wear that jersey. <laughs> he was 20 years away from that jersey. That's a terrible choice for a jersey. Sure. If At least Madison Bumgarner wore that jersey. Like, that's an actual jersey <laughs> he wore. If you promote Corbin Carroll, now Drewski's wearing a Corbin Carroll jersey. Yeah. yeah. And that's sick. Yeah. And look at the blown opportunity. Yeah. I mean, wasn't KD yeah. wearing a Corbin Carroll jersey? Isn't that why that blew up so much? Because KD was wearing yeah, yeah, he got one customized because he knows ball. Well, yeah, I had to get a KD jersey customized. This it's all full circle. That's the only way I was able to get the streaking sun Kevin Durant jersey. Uh, I do think it it takes a while for like really young players to to catch on maybe from a jersey standpoint. Like, nope, I don't believe that. That's bullshit. We talked about this. Josh (laughs) Dobbs. There was a Josh Dobbs jersey the like next day after he led the Vikings to victory in their team shop. Yeah, but Josh Dobbs has been around for a long time, right? Like, if a guy is has been has nothing to do with it. If a guy was just called up from AAA, even if he has lofty prospect status. And he's knocking the cover off the ball. You're probably going to wait before you put his jersey in the team shop because he might get sent down to to AAA in a few weeks. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that even if a guy is a young prospect that isn't thought of very highly and he comes up, let's say he goes to the major league roster and he goes on to say, I don't know, hit an opening day walk off home run (laughs) that you wouldn't invest the money into creating a shirt with potentially his likeness on it, but not actually his likeness. I feel like you're making my point, though. You're talking about Seth Beer. I am not talking about Seth Beer. Because we didn't make a Seth Beard shirt, Jesse. We made a Seth Cerveza shirt, which is totally a different thing. Well, you're wink, you're talking about the di- you're talking about the Diamondbacks not making like a Seth Beard jersey right right after he he hits the big opening day home it run. It would be foolish for you to invest in a merchandise item that you sell on your <laughs> shop merely based on one guy hitting one home run in one situation that happened to result in me getting a kiss on my cheek from the stranger. So you're afterwards. still making my point. Okay, I probably great. am. Excellent. I probably am. You're right. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Maybe put more jerseys out there. That's that's Damon. That's all Damon We wants. can Just say more jerseys as there. of now, Corbin Carroll should like that jersey should be widely available. Gabriel Moreno should be widely Where available. Where are the damn Perdomo jersey. You put, That's what everybody's hey, asking. I'm just saying, if you put an Alec Thomas Team Mexico jersey in the shop yeah, at, at yeah. Chase Field, you won't keep it in stock. I'd yeah. sprint from this office to Chase Field. Cogs would buy every would single stop. one of them. I don't I'd know what he would first. do with them, but he would buy every single one of them. I'm, I'm beating Cogs. Yeah, yeah. and he would, he would take a train to get there, so Damon wouldn't have a chance. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Damn, um, that train's right outside the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Trains go very slow. You'll, you'll be all right. Anyway, uh, we thank you guys, of course, no matter where in the world you currently are for joining us today. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac next to me is at Jesse N. Friedman. Of course, Damon is the people's producer. You can find him at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. We are Damon's dogs. Bark, bark. 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 Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for stopping by today. We appreciate your time. We will see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. We also still have a very big guest uh, on Thursday, so make sure to, to we're going to keep teasing that until we actually tell you who it is. But uh, stop by on Thursday for sure. Uh, in the meantime, again, we appreciate your time. We thank you for stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you can find all the young, exciting players from your team's jersey in the team shop.